Selena, as a father, you know this, but I'm going to be honest here on the Fierce Parenting Podcast. There's one thing that keeps me up at night that I stay awake, wondering, praying, even scheming. And it's about this one question is who are the kinds of men or who is the man that any one of our daughters is going to meet? Who is going to try to court my daughter? Who, who are they eventually going to marry? Who are they going to build a life with? I'm genuinely concerned about this. <laughs> now, our youngest daughter is three. There's another child in here and in, in here being the, the belly of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> the womb. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. If it's a daughter, I'm worried about that one right now. <laughs> The point is, is how, who are they going to marry? And I think in all of my wondering and all of my lamenting, if you will, I think I've maybe boiled it vigilance down. Vigilance. My vigilance, vigilance, yes. <laughs> I boil it down to, I think, one thing that I can teach our daughters that will hopefully, ideally, take care of all the other concerns that I might have. And you're in luck, because today we're going to share that on the Fierce Parenting Podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Greetings and welcome. My name is Ryan. This is my lovely wife, Selena. We are the Fredericks. Thank you for joining us for the Fierce Parenting Podcast and or YouTube channel. If you're watching this, welcome. Thank you for giving us your eyes, your ears, your attention. Um, if this content helps you, we just encourage you, enjoy it. And if you if you feel led, go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 10,000. We're almost there. Almost 9, there. 9,500. Praise the Lord. As of this recording. Praise the Praise Lord. Praise God. Um, also, if you haven't left a rating or review on the podcast, please do that. Take 30 seconds and do that. That helps us a ton. It tells our algorithmic overlords that this <laughs> podcast is worth your time. It's very important. It is very important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're just going to jump right into this conversation because this keeps Ryan mm. up at night. And I think it's because he is a man. I think because you were you a boy once. It. I don't. I uh, worry yeah. about it. I worry You're about right. it. Yes. That's we don't, our, they don't even know what it is. Yet. We worry, but we worry about what kind of man our, our daughters will marry. Yes. I'm worried about this because, yes, you, you nailed it on the head because I was once a, a young, young boy. A young boy young man. a young man. I know it went on in my head. But I was also a young girl and I would not put up with some of the things. Yes, and that, amen. And I believe yes. that our daughters will not do that as well because they are my daughters as well. So I okay. feel, I do believe that there is some standard Hopefully, I mean, I don't want to assume too much, but I'm so grateful. I think we both are attacking this, or not attacking, but kind of trying to be vigilant and engage in this desire from, obviously, from a, a woman, yeah. okay. from a father, from a mother, but also, like, God is, is sovereign. So I'm on her. the outside saying, like, how do I protect my precious daughters from, from lions and wolves? Right, and I'm on and the you're inside. you're saying, like, I am a, they, they are a lion and they a wolf. Know how to, <laughs> like they, they know how to whip those into shape. So or okay. they will by that time, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> or they won't. they won't deal with it. They just won't deal with someone who will treat them uh, badly because they aren't going to be desperate for that type of And that is, I think, attention. one of the, the, you know, in terms of, okay, power dynamics, okay, between a, a, a girl and a boy yeah. or a husband and a wife, yeah. eventually. Now, there's an order that is right and good and true that's biblical, you know, complementarianism, the yeah. fact that there's a head, there's a helper, and that's beautiful, mm -hmm. so long as both are doing so in light of who Christ is, what he's done. But a young girl, she has so much power in the choice of who she chooses to give her attention to, right. who she chooses to give conversation to, and eventually to give her affections to, and to give her heart to, and in time, with marriage, to give her whole body to, right? right. In terms of you, I mean, you're, you're bearing our child. You've given your whole body <laughs> to me. and I, I, that, But that was your choice, right? In terms of who you married and all that sort of thing. <laughs> yes. Our country, our, our time is weird. <laughs> so the point I want to, yeah, so I want to teach them to choose wisely, 
Right. Well, and I want to I want to teach them to be diligent in their choice making process because I think yes, mm. I think that women do hold some sort of power over young men, right? And so we can we can you can break them or you can help make them. I think that and, and so I don't want daughters that are just flaunting around, you know, say being yeah. not vigilant with the choices that they You know, there's a saying in the in the church world that say they you, you win them you win them to what you win them with. So if you win them with lights and fog and a big production, like you're winning them to lights and fog and a big production, I'm talking about, you know, on that end of the church going spectrum, right. it's seeker friendly. So you're going to search people that uh, you're going to attract people that are always seeking. And as soon as they're done seeking there, they're going to go seek somewhere. You're winning them to that mm-hmm. thing. It's the same is true with kind of the, the how, our, how our girls or young ladies carry themselves. Right. So I just want to walk you through a daddy daughter date. Okay. So this is where I feel like this process really unfolds. Yeah. So I take all of our girls pretty regularly on daddy daughter dates. Yeah. Now, they're not expensive by any means. I mean, our youngest, she's three. She just wants to go to the dollar store and she wants to get, <laughs> get some like a slinky or get ice yeah. cream or something. <laughs> and so I, I make a point. We take an hour or maybe for the older one, maybe a little bit longer. I'll take them maybe to the hardware store and that turns into a daddy daughter. So it's really, I don't want to make it feel like Ryan's, you know, There's on not it. a lot and of spending pressure all this time here. Money. Yeah. It's not a lot of pressure. But when we go on those, I make a, a point of doing a few things. Um, I, I open the doors for them mm-hmm. and I tell them this is what a gentleman does. They care for, for the girl in their life. They will think of you in these ways. And so I want you to accept it and, and be grateful for it. It's not because you can't open the door yourself, but it's because he's honoring you. Yes. Okay. And accept that. Yeah. Um, another one is I, I try to teach them what a boy should do. Okay. I want them to be on the lookout for somebody who's a conversationalist. Now this isn't the main thing, by the way, we're going to get into that later. Meaning that this, this, if this kid's on their phone, like they know that's a red flag, like mm-hmm. get away as fast as you can because he is going to ignore you. Yeah. He can't, he's, he's addicted to this stupid thing. Uh, he can't make conversation. That's a red flag. And, and to make it, I guess, to be blunt about it, I, 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 I urge them to find a boy who is intelligent and not an idiot. <laughs> Meaning that if you can't make intelligent conversation, right. that's a problem. Okay. But then here's the one thing I tell them, and they know this. I'll ask them, what's the one they thing that you're looking it, for? They repeat it back, yep. So, and I tell them this. I said, listen, I don't, when it comes to the types of boys that try to get your attention, I say, I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what he smells like. I don't care what he does for work. I joke around. I don't care if he has an to, arm growing out of his face. To an extent, <laughs> obviously. He, we want him to yes. earn money. But here's the thing. Integrity. Like all that, because young, young boys are, are, yeah. are, can be smelly. <laughs> That's part of it. Oh, yes. But they grow out of that sort of thing. They grow out of that kind of Thank you, Lord. That, that youthful ignorance. But said, here's the one thing that, that is non-negotiable. Ready? I said, he must absolutely love God more than he loves you. Hmm. He must love God more than he loves you. And I teach them to identify what that actually means. Right. Because okay? it, it's one thing for a boy. I mean, I was, I chased you to church. <laughs> You went to church, so I went to church. <laughs> now, granted, I was already pursuing the Lord you on my own. You were already pursuing the Lord. And I had yet to land in any sort I of... why I let you pursue, go to church <laughs> with see, me. See, <laughs> you let it happen. Um, I could have ignored you. I could have ignored you. You could have, and I would have been okay, because I had given up <laughs> until you threw me a bone. <laughs> and then I never let go of that bone. <laughs> and now Four look what it leads to. Later. <laughs> so I, I teach them to identify, okay, he must love God more than you, but you need to know right. what that looks like. right. Because genuinely genuinely and so you watch his behavior you watch his life you watch the types of things watch how he speaks to his mother mm-hmm. like well, I watch father, that and, yes. and, well, how, he, how he speaks to his mother yes. and uh and then you teach them to identify the real thing now i'm reading a book right now it's called kingdom of the cults it's by Wal- walter martin 
And he says this, and, and he's talking about teaching Christians how to identify uh, the various kind of nuances and vocabulary that will come up oftentimes if you're talking to somebody who is part of one of the cults and he identifies the cults as you know uh, mormons the uh um the um the jehovah's witnesses and there's a few others that he goes through he says a lot of times christians will be, get kind of bamboozled by them because they'll say things like, yeah i believe in grace <laughs> you're like well okay let's talk about what grace is and so right. anyway he uses this analogy he says that in in the treasury when they teach people to identify uh, counterfeit bills they actually Teach them to identify counterfeit bills without placing a single counterfeit bill in right. their hands. Because they, instead, they spend all their time, weeks, studying the real thing. Right. Because if they can study the real thing, they can identify a fake one a, a million way. different ways. Right, right. If, if you know the real, or what a real godly character looks like, you can identify fake godly character a mile mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to teach them what that looks like. Well, and I so, think that was that was a big thing for me. I mean, growing up in a single parent home without a, a father figure involved, um, I was very involved in the church and they did preach a lot of, you know, being able to, uh, they taught a lot about purity, about integrity, about character, you know, biblical th things that young people need to know, right? And I was grateful for that. The Lord led me there and I needed to be where, where that was being taught because as I was being taught that, I also had friends that desired that same thing. And so for mm -hmm. me to go off and want something that was somewhat outside of those desires and things that I had been taught, uh, it felt off. And so I didn't want to pursue it. And I'm very much a people pleaser as well. So that that was another thing, another reason why I didn't want uh, a counterfeit boyfriend who I knew didn't love the Lord. I wanted somebody who loved yeah. God. And you have to... so. But you had that that ability to to identify the counterfeits. I have, I mean, I knew guys. I, I won't say they were necessarily friends, but they were people that we were at church with. Yeah, who were at church as much as I was. True, they were volunteering as much as I was. The difference was they were leaving and they were doing unspeakable things. Right, right. With other girls, with with, with girls, with in terms of and as their life, and as somebody who wanted a genuine, like spouse that loved the Lord, I could, I didn't know exactly what they were doing. I just knew that that, that was not what I desired in a man. I think in a sense they can, uh, they know that too. And they know that, okay, right. this, this is off. I can tell that Something's you're off, off. Yes. for my, for these games that I'm playing. Yeah. Yep. And so that's what we want to teach them, teach them the, the real thing. Um, and I'll go through, I think some of the ways that, that we do that. Um, but first I just want to say what this accomplishes. Okay. So if I can successfully, uh, convince our daughter, and I think I'm already there. <laughs> I mean, they're young, so we'll see. But if they find somebody who absolutely loves God more than he loves her or loves them, then I know this, okay? I know first that he's a wise man, that he's wise. Mm -hmm. Now, wisdom will take care of, I mean, that, if you can just say, he is wise, boom. Okay, now you know, you can almost take care of all this, the right. rest of this list just with that. Right. Proverbs 9, 9 through 11 reads, you want to say, you want to read this? Sure. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. Amen. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser. Yeah. Right? And that so, was one thing I did note about you when I was observing you. Hey, yo. <laughs> Checking you out. <laughs> I knew that you were smart and wise just from listening to you, watching you interact. And the closer I got to you, the more I saw of your, how God was growing you as a young man yeah. into what he had for you. you know, it's funny when we think of wisdom or like think of a, 
a sage or a guru or somebody who you're going to go to to get advice. You think somebody who's advanced in age, somebody who is specialized in a certain area and can say profound things, right? That's what we think of in terms of wisdom. That is not biblical wisdom. Biblical wisdom can be had at any age because it starts with the fear of the Lord. Mm. When you say to God, you are God, I am not. Right. Boom, wise. <laughs> First Jesus, wisest statement you could ever Jesus, say. Jesus says, let them come to me, like have faith like these children, yeah. right? Because yeah. they have, they get it. They got it. Right. And so it, there's a wisdom that, that kind of can be on, that's where you get wisdom beyond your years, right? right? Because that there's a maturity that happens when you immediately, when you fall in line you in terms of yourself. the creative order. Absolutely. Okay, so if he is wise and he's God-fearing, then, like I said before, the rest tends to fall in place. And here's how this falls into place. Uh, he will show her true love, he will show her true tenderness, and he will love her sacrificially. Mm-hmm. Right? If a man stands before God and says, with fear, and says, you are God, there's no way I'm going to then turn in the same breath to my wife and treat her in any way that I think you right. would not God would not approve of. And this is not something that, you know, our girls will automatically step into marriage and be like, wow, my husband is so perfect at being tender and loving me sacrificially. Like, who really steps into marriage knowing that, right? We That is that is something that we also grow into, that we have had to yeah. figure out on our own. Where, where God has said, you are selfish, this is how you are not loving your spouse sacrificially. You know, again, they're fearing yeah. the Lord, loving the Lord, following the Lord. He's faithful to bring up these blind spots, these areas. And and that like we talk about that with marriage. That the, that's one of the biggest purposes is for us to be sanctified. Um, that's good. So wisdom is the, the root of biblical love. Uh next, okay, wisdom is the root of character and integrity. Yeah. Now, is he gonna be perfect? No. Again, I mean, ab- yes. obviously not. Uh, but he will have the, the beginnings of sanctification. He'll be able to deal with imperfection, right? Right. And, and shortcomings in, yep. in a godly way. And I think character integrity would lead to right repentance when repentance yes, is due. Absolutely. And honesty, transparency, all the things that, that, that you know, you've heard us talk about. Right. Uh, wisdom will then give birth to diligence and provision. Okay. In other words, he won't sit in what the Bible calls the seat of scoffers yeah. and, and just kind of scoffing about at life, at yeah. others, at wisdom itself, at God, but instead he will be diligent yeah. in his provision. Now, provision, I, go ahead. I don't know if you're going to say. No, I just, that was one of the things that I just knew by God's grace, uh, that you were you were diligent, that I knew that you would provide for me. Even knowing you at 16, 17, 18 years old, I was, I was completely assured that I would be taken care of. The greatest heist of my life. <laughs> the greatest heist of my life. <laughs> but I knew, I knew that you weren't going to be lazy. I knew that you were going to take care of me. I knew that you would work diligently. You love to learn. You love to work. Like you're not. It's it, you're lazy and sluggard is just. It's not sure. in your wheelhouse. However, it could go the other way of being, you know, overly working. Not you, but that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just knowing. Yeah, that and I knew that at a young age, and I pray that our girls will will know that. If I look at a young man, and I know that he's wise, and so th- one of my fears is that they'll marry somebody who's just a, a video game like addict or sure. like addicted to some something like that. Sure. Whether it's you know sports or whatever, in an unhealthy way, it's one thing to enjoy it; it's another thing to be addicted to right. it. And so I think wisdom kind of has a way of of spa- of, uh, of crowding all that stuff out right. of of a diligent life. Absolutely. Okay, another one. Uh, wisdom will give uh, give way to right priorities. Right, right. Okay? So if you fear the Lord, and then you're going to order your life the way God would have you order your right. life. Right, You're not going to be an overworker. You're not going to love 
children. We're going to talk about this, I think, next week. Yeah. Loving children more than you love your spouse. Right. You're not going to neglect Christ's bride. Like if someone loves Christ, he's going to love his bride. That's right. the church. And it's going to show in how you orient your life around a church right. and around worship itself and the Lord's Day and whatnot. Um, so that that's huge, right? And a lot of married couples we talk to, one of the biggest issues is just misaligned, misordered, mm-hmm. disordered priorities. I think wisdom helps take care of most of that. Right. And again, we're not expecting and praying for a problem-free marriage and a perfect spouse, right? These are these are things that we will see, hopefully, bloom into into a beautiful garden of their marriage as they you know take steps with a man who is Mm -hmm. wise who is god-fearing again this is the fruit these are the the product of uh those seeds already being sown yeah and that's why the fear of the lord is so important because uh, like you can make all sorts of mistakes you know as long as you're turning from those mistakes out of fear of the Lord. Right. One thing I should have mentioned earlier on, and this goes, I think, under right priorities, is valuing God's word. Yes. And seeing God's word as authoritative, as the standard by which we Absolutely. judge right and wrong, by which we judge good teaching, by which we orient our lives. Yeah. Uh, that should have been at the top of the list, but here we are. Um, the final one that I have here is the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom, which will lead to connectedness and accountability to pastors, to brothers, obviously to scripture. Right. Um, and, and to others as need accountability to you as as their wife. Um, here's a big one is he won't be self-important. Mm. Like don't marry a narcissist. Mm. Don't marry somebody that loves to hear the sound of their own voice, who loves to hear their own thoughts. And as soon as you start talking, they just shut you off yeah. or they just shut off their listening. That's somebody who's self-important. That's somebody who's puffed up right. by their own ego, by their own knowledge. Like you don't need somebody like that. Mm. That ages really poorly. That gets old really fast. Yeah. Instead, you want somebody who's connected, accountable, who is teachable. Well, and as you're saying this stuff, I think as a parent, it, I feel conviction around it too because I, it's so hard to listen to like three children talking all at one time, right? But when they, one of them comes up to me and says, "Mommy, I have something to show you," or "I want, I want to," can I talk to you about something? Those those are the moments that are very inconvenient. It's never the right mm-hmm. time, but those are the moments that they need to be heard and they need to be valued for moments like this that they can identify when someone is actually listening to them giving them that full attention because they value them not just because they're just trying to listen and get then figure out their own response right but because they love them because they value them and so as a as a parent i want to be practicing this with my children girls or boys you know we have girls so right now i'm practicing with girls that's that's yeah how you give them the ability to identify the real thing absolutely okay so how do we do this how do i go about having them Uh, I guess internalize this thought that I just need to find somebody who loves God more than he loves me. So this is what you were just saying. We show them what a wise man looks like by myself as a father, by fearing God and serving God. Yeah, modeling that. Modeling it. Uh, We teach them, you know, just what what we're talking about here is is take the time to actually walk through. This is wisdom. This is foolishness. Teach them what a wise man looks like. Well, and part of that, I think, is just kind of ingrained into all of this is repenting as repentance is needed right when mm-hmm. when when we're parenting and showing them that even as adults we make mistakes we need Jesus and I'm repenting to you this is not just me doing it mm-hmm. I, I am doing it out of obedience but I also want to model uh what fearing the Lord looks yeah. like and loving the Lord to varying degrees of success yeah. I'm saying this is the list of things that as father and as as parents really we strive to right, do right. we of course are not perfect in this so that's the caveat <laughs> uh the third one is so we've show them we model to them what wisdom looks like, fear mm-hmm. of the Lord looks like. We teach them 
anatomically almost, like this is what a wise man looks like. Mm-hmm. And then we point them to the ultimate wise man, mm-hmm. and that is Christ, and he is then their ultimate guide. So if they're looking to the person of Christ, and they're getting their identity from Christ, right. like it's gonna be so, I think, honestly, that the word is, it's gonna be so difficult for them to then allow anyone else treat them absolutely in a way that, that is lower than how Christ. Now, of course, no one's gonna treat them as well as Christ has treated them. But their their identity we so rooted in him that they're not going to settle, right? Um, and right. put their identity in in a boy, right? Uh, so okay, and then the fourth one, <laughs> I try to protect them from fools as far as I'm able. <laughs> so another, I, I don't know how this plays itself out, but obviously don't put ourselves in situations where we're going to be just all around f- foolish people or foolishness. Um, if young, so at playgrounds, public playgrounds, uh, sometimes you get boys that are just acting a fool. <laughs> Toward our girls. Now, I understand that they're a young boy, but I'm not going to stand by while they speak to them in a certain way. I'm not going to stand. I'm, I'm going to intervene. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to berate that child or do anything, but I'm going to stand up and say, listen, you don't you don't talk to girls that way. You don't talk to my daughters that way. <laughs> and I have done this. Or if they're playing rough or whatever. And a lot of times boys are just being boys. I get it. And the, I think the boys will be boys thing is overplayed. Like that right. is overdone. I think you can instruct in those moments too. And they do have, yeah. And we've done that with their cousin who's yeah. a boy. And he's, you know, he's he's not rough with them or anything. But we've had to instruct and teach as he's learning how to be a yeah. young man. And, yeah. um, and, it's, and obviously his parents are instructing him as well. Um, and so someday, one day, I'm anticipating they will see a fool coming from a mile away and they'll have the ability to choose the wisest, (laughs) 10 miles away. And then they'll have the ability to choose the wisest young man they can find, of course, Lord willing. So so one thing we say, I hope that's helpful for you. If you have daughters and you're a father, you're listening to this, I hope this was at least instructive in in a small way. Uh, This helps me kind of take all those thoughts that I run through my head throughout the day, at night, whenever, and just distill it down into one really important thing that I want to show my daughters and and just really hammer that point home that whoever this boy is, again, I don't care what he does for work. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care if he has an arm grown out of his face. (laughs) (laughs) They always laugh when I say that. As long as he loves the Lord with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength, I believe the other stuff will kind of work itself out. Right. And I I would say the same. I mean, if I'm a girl, a woman, <laughs> you know, a mom. And I would say that to, to any boy, our nephew or any boy in our life, that if you're looking for, when when Amen. you look for that time, when that time comes for you to be looking for a girl, I pray that she loves Jesus more than she loves you because that is the one thing that will keep her heart soft, that will keep her mm. coming back to you, that will keep you, God is the only one that can glue you together through Amen. thick and thin, so. Um, it works both ways. I would say say it to any boy that I knew. Um, yeah, you know the exact same thing. So if you're listening to this, watching this, and you yourself don't love Jesus, you don't know what that means to be loved by Him. We have a website set up for you to just show you, kind of honestly, in really plain terms, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to say mm-hmm. yes to the to the saving work of Christ, and what the saving work actually is. Uh, so we want to send you that website. It's this. It's thenewsisgood.com. Uh, we always like to leave with that because we all of this is pointless if we yeah. don't have hope in Christ. Yeah. And so we, we we don't. I think it was Peter. If they're in, in Acts, their people were begging him for a miracle, and he and or they're begging him for money. Yeah. And he walked by and he said, "Gold and silver have I none, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk." Yeah. And so we can't make you stand up and walk. I mean, Lord willing, <laughs> but we can say. Gold and silver have we none, but what we give, what we have, we give unto you, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The news is good.com. Let's pray.
Father God, thank you for our daughters. Uh, thank you for also your wisdom. And thank you for the ability to discern and to be wise ourselves and to teach your wisdom to our children. I pray, Lord, that you'd be gracious over uh, this next generation as they grow into their own, as they learn what it means to follow and fear you and to love you and to obey you and to um, find and seek out others who love and obey you. I pray that this next generation will be a generation of couples that are rock solid yeah. and love you with all their hearts and love uh, uh, love their children and love each other. Lord, uh, by your grace, we might see it happen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us for Fierce Parenting. Uh, this is such a joy, and we wouldn't be able to do it if it weren't for our lovely supporters, patrons, subscribers, all that kind of stuff. So if this content helps you in any way, that's just find a way to be a part of this community by subscribing. We're even on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but if you really want to go deeper, go to fierceparenting.com slash partner. There are some ways to uh, lock arms with us there in a financial capacity, be it $2 a month, whatever. The Lord is gracious. Either way, we'll keep showing up because he's given us the joy of doing this work. Again, thank you. This episode of Fierce Parenting is. We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.